Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Trichel, and this is a special short episode of With Flying Colors. And this will focus solely on credit risk, which was NCUA's number one priority in its recent letter to credit unions on exam priorities. I was asked if I could splice these into single episodes so that they would be easy to search the specific topic, and that's what I'm doing. So next, you'll hear another intro and the opportunity to hear from Steve Farr and Todd Miller, who will introduce themselves. And then on the back end, I will also have the actual language from the letter. So all here in one place, you'll have our thoughts on the letter and then the actual text in the letter. Here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. And this is our third annual NCUA Letter to Credit Unions on Exam Supervision Supervisory Priorities or Exam Priorities, the, le- the letter, as I like to call it, which comes out every January. And I'm excited to have uh, two of my team members here that uh, that I worked with at NCUA for a long time and have helped me here on the podcast and helped help me with the clients that we have uh, throughout credit unions. And uh, I want to introduce them. If you haven't, they haven't been on the podcast unless it was a rerun that I, I reread because it was so good. They haven't been on the podcast the last couple of months. And first up, we're joined by Steve Farr. Steve, could you give yourself a little bit of an intro on what you did at NCUI for those? Oh, great. I, yeah, glad to be back for the year three. Interesting year last year, and we'll see what happens next that has this coming year. But uh, I spent 32 years in NCUA. And half of it was working in region, the Western region. And most of that was as a problem case officer, which was really good to get well-rounded and strength in operations. Then I spent the last half of my career in the central office working on problem resolution on a more national basis. And then towards the end of my career, I was the vice president of the central liquidity facility and worked a long time on the risk-based capital role. A long time on the risk-based capital rule, got it ready for prime time, and then took politics took a little while longer after you retired for basically that rule to get approved as you had, had drafted it before before you left. So Steve and I worked together at all, many of those stops he mentioned there. And anyway, so uh, with that, I'm going to uh, pivot to Todd Miller. Todd, could you give a little intro of your background at, at NCUA when you were at NCUA? didn't realize until just now that I beat Steve by two years. I was with NCUA for 34 years, roughly the same times as Steve. I retired in 2021. During my career, the first 10 years, you can say I was an examiner and a problem case officer. The, the middle 10 years, I was a capital market specialist from 2000 to 2010. And then the last 11 years of my career, I spent it as the director of special actions, supervising problem case officers in capital markets. Around 2010, that was the Great Recession. So I had a couple of very busy years there as the director of special actions. Unfortunately, there's a few credings in the Western region didn't survive that. 
we conserved uh, quite a few of them. One of them returned to the members. So that was quite a good experience to be able to fix a credit and return it to his members. But I had 34 good years with NCUA and enjoyed every bit of it. You and me both, and you beat me by four months. I was 33 years and eight months. You are the, the longevity winner at, at NCUA, at least for us three, at least for us three. All right, guys, there are seven priorities. Well, five plus two other mentions that, that we're going to walk through here today compared to the last couple of years. And for the most part, we'll walk through them in order of what they're listed at in the NCUA letter, although we may uh, pull interest rate risk up uh, for a, a second a discussion along with liquidity. But first out of the gate in NCUA's letter is credit risk. And as a reminder of where that was previously last year, credit risk was list third. And uh, in 2022, it was rated first in, in order. And in order doesn't necessarily mean everything, but it does mean something because you want to put first what's most important. Number one, 2024 NCUA's priorities for the examination is credit risk. What are your uh, thoughts relative uh, to that topic and how it relates to uh, credit unions for 2024? Yeah, I, I'll take a look at some of the numbers and the trends definitely show a weakening of credit quality, which was expected as inflation started to impact people's income and decisions that they had to make. The, another important item as you start looking at credit risk is in the in the opening of the letter, they talk about their concern about the increase in assets in Camel three and above, and that is you can generally can be reflective of anytime you have increases in delinquency, it's going to affect Camel codes. And then there were there was a kind of a fairly sharp increase in the provision for loan loss expense, which would have been of course affecting earnings. So that part is also part of what's caused this concern with the credit unions, uh, with the uh, camel codes of uh, three and above, especially some of the larger ones. But you just can't ignore that so many of the, the loan types show trends in increasing delinquency, credit cards being one, and junior liens, the kind of the unsecured uh, products are showing the most weakness that I can see. There's a couple more pieces to that prior to this podcast. I went on Fred's and I pulled down some numbers just on income growth, median income growth and where inflation is. And really for the last pretty much since June of 2021, consumers are getting behind while unemployment is low. If you look at income growth, it's actually lagging behind inflation. Realistically, for two and a half years, consumers are in a worse position on a median. And I think it probably affects the lower income people, maybe higher than folks in those higher income tiers. And there's always a lag effect to this. If you look at quarterly numbers last year, March actually looked better than year end. So all that deterioration Steve talked about has really happened from March to December. If you look at the references that NCUA made there in the attachments to the letters, they're all a referral back to credit risk fundamentals. They're stuff that was published at or before that last recession. So they're really directing people, hey, let's go back to credit risk management fundamentals. They have a right to be concerned. And we go for two years and consumers are falling further behind inflation. And then you combine that with rising interest rates. It's going to be harder on borrowers. And unemployment 
the press tells you it's all-time lows. That's kind of true. It's actually been itching up during 2023. And there's really a wide disparity around the country. You've got places that are at 1.9%. And then you've got other states that are hitting five and a half. Our large population states, California, New York, Texas, those guys are in the fours. Behind that one gross number, there's little bubblings of problems here and there around the country. And NCUA has a right to be scared of credit risk. We've all read articles of what's going on with commercial real estate and potential vacancies there and a crumbling there. That's what causes the agency large chunks of money is deteriorating credit risk. A little fraud here and there, but credit risk is the big one. And there's lots of signs that the consumers are struggling. And I think, um, Todd, in a call with a client recently, you might've talked about how this, you know, it, it was the sand states in 08, 09, right? And recessions don't happen uniformly. And so some of the numbers you just cited would link to that, that we're going to start pressure points in different areas. And then another thing that was touched on, I, I was listening to economists walking today and they were saying that actually unemployment rate went up when you adjust for those that are dropping out of the workforce, right? And so you've got all of those different, different things interacting. And then uh, piggybacking off of some things Steve said, tied to delinquency going up and different things. Uh, I, I think about how the delay for implementing CECL was something that politically was, CECL was talked about for several years and it was delayed, delayed, delayed. And then by the time it all came forward to having to, to book that, you also had other real issues. So it was kind of like a double whammy and how much of this is Cecil and how much of it is delinquency and, and all that. I don't know. And I don't, I'm not expecting you to know those numbers there, but you kind of got all these different things mixing together the, and the condition of borrowers and the, the lower income folks that are impacted by inflation, et cetera. It's, it's going to be. An interesting 2024, but the, I don't expect to see the numbers getting better anytime soon in that regard. Cecil is an interesting comment because there's a ratio on the FPR of your allowance to delinquency right after Cecil in March. That number shot up to like 216%. It was at 126 in December. But then over the course of this year, it's fallen back down to 166. And provision for loan loss expenses have doubled. And so did we overfund Cecil or did we fund Cecil right? And as the years progress, credit unions are sitting there underfunded in September. I don't know the answer to that question. It could have been a conservative overfunding of Cecil in that first quarter. And if it wasn't overfunding the first quarter, then we have balance sheets that are underfunded now in September. I don't know which was the true case, but one of those two is true. Well, in that ratio, cover, the coverage ratio, if you, I think that is the, is or similar to the coverage ratio, which, which reminds me of when Steve and I worked for Dan Murphy, when I was a director of special actions and we would brief him on different cases about the delinquencies X percent here, but the allowance is overfunded and it's in this type of loan. And the next one would come in and it would be a different type of loan and the and everybody was saying, but the allowance is adequate. And it was all over the map as far as delinquency and the allowance. And so Dan just said, you guys come in here and tell me, I just look at the allowance and I look at delinquency and I compare the two. And, and I think, I think we coined it the Murphy ratio at the time. So that made, it made, if there was enough in the allowances, there wasn't delinquency because it was a, a simple benchmark. 
All right. Anything else on credit risk, guys? No. Return to fundamentals. We look at clients. One of the things we've seen routinely amongst clients last year is NCUA wanted people to justify their concentration limits. We've seen that over and over. It's concentration risks that cause the agency money or cost agency money and insurance losses. And that's one thing we see across many of our clients last year is they wanted justification for those concentration limits. I'll tell you so much so that the last, I did a solo podcast saying that the letter would normally come out this week. Here's what I think is going to be on it. And my prediction was concentration risk was going to pop back on because of how much we've seen credit unions uh, being asked about that. It's not. All right. So that was the end of our session on credit risk. Now, here is the actual NCUA language uh, verbatim from the letter to credit unions 24-CU-01 issued January 2024 on credit risk. Credit risk remains a supervisory priority for 2024. Economic conditions continue to change the credit union in the credit risk environment in the credit union industry. As inflation, high interest rates and borrowing costs, declining savings levels, and the end of pandemic-era stimulus and relief programs have negatively impacted some members' abilities to repay their debts. Credit unions' loan portfolios expanded faster during 2022 than any year within the last 30 years, while aggregate loan performance began showing signs of deterioration in 2023. NCUA examiners will review existing lending programs, soundness, and credit union risk management practices, including any adjustments a credit union made to loan underwriting standards, portfolio monitoring practices, modification and workout strategies for borrowers facing financial hardship at hardships and collection programs. Examiners will carefully consider all factors in evaluating a credit union's efforts to provide relief for borrowers borrowers, including whether the efforts were reasonable and conducted with proper controls and management oversight. Also, examiners will review policies and procedures related to the allowance for credit losses, ACL, documentation of the ACL reserve methodology, the adequacy of ACL reserves, and adherence to generally accepted accounting principles. And here's where by the way, in the letter, they they make a short letter, a long letter, because they link to hundreds of pages of documents. For more resources, refer to the examiner guide and the following regulatory guidance. Letters to Credit Unions 23CU05, Commercial Real Estate Loan Accommodations and Workouts. Letter to Credit Unions 23CU04, Update to Interagency Policy Statements on Allowance for Credit Losses. Press release, agencies issue interagency policy statement on allowance for credit losses and interagency guidance on credit risk review systems. Letter to Credit Unions 14 CU08, home equity lines of credit nearing their end of draw period. Letter to Credit Unions 10 CU03, concentration risk. Letter to Credit Unions 03 CU01, loan charge-off guidance. All right, that's a wrap. Those letters are in reverse order of a timeline, so the most recent were first. Sadly, if you go to the examiner's guide, you'll see that they've redacted tons of things that used to be on the web for free. Um, 
NCUA, if you're listening, please fix that. All right, that's it. We will be having each of the priorities separately, and that's a wrap on credit risk. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening. This is Mark Treichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 